0: The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church and is part of our series in the book of First Corinthians. For more information about our church, for more sermon audio, or for more resources, visit us at StoneOakBible.com. Amen. Well, hey, it is seriously great to be here with you. I have Wanted to be able to come up front for the past couple of weeks and just say, thank you. I, for those of you who, who don't know me, my name is Mike Craft, and I've kind of haven't been around as much in the last, um, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, or last couple of months actually, because we are now in the final stages of planting Mission Community Church. Uh, for those of you um, who haven't been, been with us since the beginning, uh, Stone Oak is a church plant and going to be celebrating its two-year anniversary um, in, a couple of, in a couple of weeks. And early on in the life of Stone Oak Bible, they felt led that, hey, we're going to, to partner to plant another church in San Antonio. Yes, we're a church plant, but God has given us a, a passion and a desire to plant churches. And so so we're going to plant a church in the other in another section of the city, and so um, I connected with with Justin, and then and then with Craig, and um, really was feeling that hey, we are supposed to go to San Antonio to plant a church, and we didn't know anybody in San Antonio. Ariel and I showed up, and um, thankfully, there was a crew that helped us move into our house, but literally, we knew no one except for having connected with Justin and his family and Craig and his family, uh, and, but we really knew this is what we were supposed to, where we, we were supposed to go and what we were supposed to be doing, and it is so humbling a year and a half later to stand up here and to kind of look back and reflect on the journey that we've been on and, and how faithful God is, and how wonderful you all have been in coming alongside us and encouraging us uh, on this journey of, of church planting. And we've had two preview services already and are gonna have our third one coming up in two weeks. And then we're gonna launch Palm Sunday on the second anniversary of Stone Oak Bible. And I tell you, I... Uh, I knew, I I always tell myself, I'm not going to get emotional, and uh, man, Um, but I, I, you know, I got a phone call on the afternoon of our first preview service from many of you saying, hey, how'd it go? Hey, how'd it go? Uh, Man, we were praying for you, thinking about you this morning, and text messages, and and man, this really is a partnership, and I've been so encouraged, and then Justin and Craig called me (laughs) and told me about the offering that you guys took for our church, and I was blown away, I mean, seriously, I, I I was supposed to come the next week to thank you, but I had the stomach bug, and so none of you wanted me here that day. Um, but, man, I was blown away by the fact you guys took an offering for $14,000 that is going to be tremendous for our church. And and many of you have heard that church plants really struggle financially, and that's one of the main reasons as to why, um, why a lot of churches really struggle at the inception. And, man, to have you guys come alongside us in that has just been amazing. Um, But also, so many of you faithfully pray for us, and I just humbly ask that that continues. Um, we are super excited and have an incredible opportunity um, where we're at. And I encourage you, you know, to, to come come by sometime and, and check it out so you can know how you can pray specifically. And uh, we're going to be back um, in about th- in three weeks for our commissioning service on April 2nd. we'll talk a little bit more about partnership and how we can continue and how Mission Community can be involved in Stone Oak Bible and Stone Oak Bible and Mission Community. Um, but we are just so humbled and so grateful uh, for you all. And so thank you, thank you. Thank you. Um, And as you know, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, we are journeying through uh, the book of 1 Corinthians and are going to be there for a while and walking through this letter that Paul wrote to a church in Corinth. And Paul uh, really, you know, when I think about being a church planter and trying to put myself in Paul's shoes, man, he writes this letter to this church that he planted a church that he was with for a year and a half, and I've been with you guys actually now for a year and a half. And and I'm not the planting pastor of this church, but you know you really formed these strong relationships and strong bonds with people in a year and a half. And so Paul writes this letter to this church in Corinth, and Corinth was this prosperous city, really happening place. Um, it was a you know it was a very <clears throat> um, important city, um, but what was An issue in Corinth was there was a lot of worldliness, and they were known for their pursuit of reckless, reckless pursuit of pleasure. And in Corinth, um, they really struggled to kind of separate from the world. There were a lot of worldliness that was happening, and the church really struggled with that. So Paul was with them for a year and a half, poured his life out with these people, loved them, and then he had to leave and went with these people called Priscilla and Aquila and left and went to Ephesus. And while he was in Ephesus, he heard a report about what was happening in Corinth and heard that there was dysfunction and that there was division that was going on in the church. And you can imagine Paul is like, come on, guys. Like, why are you struggling with this? Why are you so immature? I was just with you and things looked good and they were promising. And then you are now immature and you're dysfunctional. And what had happened was the church began to become centered on personalities, so many people were devoted to Paul, who was uh, the, the planting pastor, or, if you will. And then another guy was Apollos that came in after Paul. We'll talk about him in a minute, but Apollos was this very gifted man. And so then there was also a, a faction that was following Peter. And so some said, hey, I'm with Paul. Others said, hey, well, I'm with Apollos. And I'm with Peter. And there were this division and almost this tribalism that was happening within the church. And so Paul, in this text today, specifically addresses that. And it says, hey, guys, what are you doing? Knock it off. It's not about Paul, Apollos, or Peter. And so I'm going to begin reading in 1 Corinthians. um, (coughs) Hold on one second. 1 Corinthians Uh, chapter three, uh, verses five through nine. And so if you have your Bibles turned there, if not, grab your phone and Google 1 Corinthians chapter three. Grab a Bible in the back. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one this morning. Take it home, read it. We would love that. Um, But I'm gonna be reading 1 Corinthians chapter three, verses five through nine. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed is the Lord assigned to each. Uh, addresses the division in the church and focuses on the fact that they were identifying with and following certain men, that there were uh, people who said, hey, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow Peter, and Paul rebukes this perspective and says, hey, Apollos and I, we're just servants of God. We're just servants of God, and Paul says that God uses individuals as instruments to further the gospel. God uses individuals as instruments to further the gospel, Notice he says, we are servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. God assigned us to this task, and we're just being faithful, so it's not about us. We're just the messengers that God used to bring salvation, and we're just faithful to the orders that he's given us. We're instruments who are used by God. Instruments who are used by God. An instrument on its broadest level is defined as a tool that is used to accomplish a task. Or it's also another definition is a thing used in pursuing an aim or a means. There's different kinds of instruments. I mean, in the science world and all sorts of uh, different instruments that are used in many different fields. And all of us, obviously, are familiar with the concept of a musical instrument. Do we have any saxophone players in the house? Anybody? Oh, MD, there you go. So I want you to imagine for a minute that I have a saxophone, beautiful saxophone, that's sitting right up here on this table. And uh, you guys are looking at the saxophone and we talk about it, and man, this is a really cool saxophone. But what if I said, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to meet my good friend, Kenny G? And if Kenny G walked out from backstage, we'd all be like, okay, that's actually Kenny G. That's pretty awesome, but he's not here. But imagine with me for a second. And I said, hey, Kenny, you got 10 minutes and just play something on that saxophone for us. And we just sat back and we watched Kenny G just rock out on this saxophone, and he just totally killed it. And we'd be, you know, moving and grooving to, to Kenny G. And it would be fantastic. And we like, what is even going on? Kenny G's playing the saxophone. But what if we, we left here? How many of us would say, man, did you see that saxophone? That saxophone is incredible. Did you hear that saxophone? Oh my goodness, I, I can't even believe it. And we'd be running around talking about the saxophone. We wouldn't be talking about the saxophone because it's not about the saxophone. Kenny G is the one that made music with the saxophone. And Paul's saying, look, why are you talking about the saxophone? Why are you talking about uh, me and Apollos? We're we're just saxophones. It's not about the saxophone. It's about God who's playing the saxophone. You got it? And he's saying it's not about the instrument. And and Paul's saying, look, here's the deal. Please don't follow me or Apollos. We're simply servants who are used by God to accomplish his purposes. And notice it says, through whom you believed. Not on whom you believe or in whom you believe, but we're just simply through whom you believe. We're just messengers and ambassadors of the gospel. You know, one commentary I read, and I want to read this twice, it says "It says that the main thrust of this, uh, of Paul is, so what was the use of fighting which of two nothings was the greater? What was the use of fighting about which of two nothings was the greater? Paul says, I'm nothing. Apollos is nothing. Why are you fighting? Because listen, it's never about the instrument. It's never about the instrument. And Paul humbly deflects the attention off of he and Apollos and says, listen, it's not about us. It is about God. Charles Hodge in his his commentary on 1 Corinthians says this, ministers are mere instruments in the hands of God. The doctrines which they preach are not, are not their own discoveries, and the power which renders their preaching successful is not in them. They are nothing, and therefore it's an entire perversion of their relation to the church to make them the heads of parties. It's never about the instrument, but it's always about God. You know Paul uses the, uh, uses, says God six times in five verses. I think he's trying to tell us something, that it's about God, we as humans have a tendency to, to elevate individuals and to put them on pedestals. And, and we, um, you know, the people in Corinth had elevated Paul and Apollos, and they'd identify with one or the other, and they had exalted him. And Paul brings them back down to earth, and he, he says, listen, we're not heroes to be adored. We're not gods to be worshiped. We are not masters to be blindly followed. We're simply servants of God who by God's grace and appointment were allowed to be instrumental in you trusting in Christ. You know, I, I wonder if we were able to visit the church in Corinth. You know I mean? We'd have to imagine this for a second. If we were able to, to visit them and to say, hey, whose church is this? Who do you follow? I, I wonder. I, I don't know that they would have said, well, this is Paul's church or Apollo's or Peter's I think they may have said, this is, well, this is Jesus' church. You know, I think that some of them thought that they belonged to Jesus. But subconsciously, they were following other individuals, and they had elevated them to a pedestal that was dangerous, and, and they detracted from who the church is really all about, and that is Jesus Christ. And they had put these people on pedestals. And, you know, we, we have a tendency to do that today, And I think this still happens in our culture where there are people who are elevated and put on pedestals in the church. And quite frankly, I think that there are ministers that crave that and ministers that encourage that kind of behavior. And simply, that is wrong because it's never about the instrument. It's always about God and God using people for his glory to accomplish his purposes. But I also don't want you to get me wrong here saying that, you know, it's wrong to respect our pastor or it's wrong to respect somebody in ministry because I hope you respect your pastor. Matter of fact, I hope you love and encourage your pastor because just listen, trust me, I'm not going to be with you anymore. So I, I mean, it, I, this is not at all about me, but it is not easy being a pastor. I hope you encourage them. I hope you love on them well. I, I hope that, that you, you know, pray for them regularly and faithfully but know that they are simply an instrument that are used by God. And you know, I think about like, how does this apply to Stone Oak Bible Church? Because I don't think that there's this tribalism or these factions in our church where people are like, hey, I'm with Justin Evans. Well, forget you, man, I'm with Craig Curtis or I'm with another staff person. I don't think that that's necessarily what we struggle with. But I think what we have to think about is who really... Are we trusting in and who are we believing on and who are we elevating? Because if we say Jesus, well, well how and why? Why can we say Jesus? Is it because we, we spend time with Him throughout the week and we read, read the Word and that we, we pray um, and that we are, are faithfully devoted to Christ and obeying Him? Or do we sometimes, for, for a lot of people, they show up on Sunday morning and hear a message from their pastor? and that's what they look to to spiritually sustain them and so even subconsciously they elevate their pastor because they just look to him for spiritual guidance when we all need to be pursuing Christ but i also think for us specifically for stone oak bible church for mission community church for these church plants and you know we're we're like really in this process you know growing and praying that god would bring people you know to partner with us in ministry and and uh you know, I think that for a lot of us, we have our, our tribalism as our churches. That we are like, yeah, we belong to Stone Oak Bible. Stone Oak Bible is where I belong. And oh, well, you go to Northeast Bible, and that's where you belong. And you're at Mission Community Church. And, and, you know, when Paul writes this to the church in Corinth, there's one church. But for us today, there's lots of different factions. And, you know, when I look at the city of San Antonio, you know, I think that a lot of churches are about themselves and promoting themselves, When simply we as a church are just instruments that are used by God. And it's not about the instrument. It's never about Stone Oak Bible Church and the kingdom that we're trying to build here or the kingdom that Mission Community Church is trying to build. It's all about the kingdom of Jesus. And you know what? It's easy to say this. But for a lot of us, and even, you know, I've been guilty of this myself at different times, that it becomes more about the brand than it does become about the body. And for us, Paul says, look, look. Hey, what is Stone Oak Bible Church? What is Mission Community Church? We're simply servants of God. And we're just instruments and we humbly accept our role. Then Paul shifts and he starts using an agricultural analogy that really would have resonated with the people that he wrote to. And he starts talking about the different stages required of, of bringing a plant to maturity. That, that when a plant is, uh, starts out, there's different things that have to happen to bring a plant to maturity. Some people plant the seeds, others water, but then growth has to occur. And so Paul uses this um, and says, hey, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So he who plants you nor know, he who waters is anything but only God who gives growth. And we see that God allows different people to have roles in ministry. God allows people to have different roles in ministry. Acts chapter 18 talks specifically about this and how Paul went to Corinth and went to the temple and started talking to a lot of the Jews and started explaining to them that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And many of them followed Paul and, and, and said, hey, look, we believe in Jesus. And so Paul plants these seeds, and people start to, to follow and trust in Christ for salvation. And so Paul says, hey, I, I planted. But then it also describes Apollos, and it says this, that Apollos was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. This is Acts 18, starting in verse 24. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and, and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, and when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos wanted to go to Ikea, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. And when he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah." Apollos had a very instrumental role in encouraging believers and in teaching them and coming alongside them and helping to, to refute some of the others in their culture, and, and Paul describes him as a waterer, and in this instance, he's very instrumental in encouraging and helping the church and discipling them and helping them grow. You know, this image of agriculture and, and a, a plant um, really resonated with me because a, a few months ago, actually, I... I was speaking at a church, and our girls went to their kids' program, and they came out, and our oldest daughter had a styrofoam cup with dirt in it. It's like, okay, well, just don't spill that in my truck. So we put it in the cup holder, and, in it, um, and then we you know, went home, totally forgot about it. Well, several days later, I'm like cleaning out my truck, and I see a little sprout in this styrofoam cup. And I was like, okay, well, the kids are going to be excited. So I brought it in the house, and they were like, yeah, we need to give it water. And so it started growing. And it started growing and growing. And, and then, you know, we forgot to water and it started wilting. But then we put water in it and it started growing and it was in the sunlight. So much so that we had to transfer this little plant from a styrofoam cup to a big pot. And now it's growing and it's, it's flourishing. And there's different things that are needed to bring a plant to maturity. And just for us, as believers and followers of Jesus, we need to be discipled or we need to be brought to maturity and people have different roles in that process. And it's really amazing when you think about this, that God allows us to have different roles in the disciple making process. You know, and I, I heard, and I don't know if you've heard this statistic and I don't know, you know how true it is, but I do, I do believe it, that the, a person before they trust in Jesus, that they've heard the gospel on average seven times. Have you guys ever heard that? That, that, that people have to hear the gospel explained to them, and, and people share the gospel before they, you know, trust in Christ. And whether you're the first person that shares it, or the, the fifth or the seventh, that God uses you in that process, and you don't know what role you play or, or, or what a person's going to do, but you just are simply faithful to the role that God assigns you to, and that God uses us to help bring people to spiritual maturity, and Paul says, listen, it doesn't matter what role, what role is played, but we are one in purpose and importance and that we continue to be faithful. Be diligent in your role, regardless if God uses you as a planter or a waterer. Be diligent in your role because we are one in purpose and importance. And Paul, specifically, you can imagine, you know, writing to a church that was divided, he uses this strong language saying, hey, we neither... Um, he says that, that we are one, that, that nor, neither he nor plant, uh, who waters and he who plants are anything, but we are one. How silly is it to say, hey, it's all about planting? You know, we're the, the planters, or oh, we're the waterers, and, and to have these factions that are divided. And Paul says, look, we are one. Both need each other. Both are important, and we are one in the bringing these plants to spiritual maturity, the end result is maturity in Christ, to make disciples who make disciples, and it's never about the person, but it's always about Jesus, and we are on the same team. You know, for us, there's many implications in this, that we humbly accept the role that God's given us, and sometimes we play different roles with different people. You know, there have been people that I've been really fortunate with at the right opportunity and the right time to share the gospel with where they've said, yes, you know, I'm going to trust in Jesus. But then there have been other people that I've been praying for diligently and faithfully that, that haven't made a decision to follow Christ. There have been other people on their spiritual journey that I've been able to come alongside and encourage and help them and, and help to train them and equip them on their spiritual journey. And that we have, God allows us to have different roles, and sometimes we, we have different roles um, with different people. But it's about being faithful and about working hard. And Paul says, each will receive wages according to his labor, and God sees our work and our diligence and our faithfulness, and he will reward us. You know, I, I struggle with this. If, if, you, if you don't know, we have a preaching meeting on Tuesday mornings where um, we talk about the upcoming text, and this is a really a rich time together. If you have any questions about that or would like to join us Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m., talk to Craig or Justin or Dan Langham, and, and they would love to, to give you information about that. Um, but but uh, we talked about this, like the rewards, because very clearly in the scripture it says that God sees our work and he's going to reward us. But we know that the great reward and the great prize is, is Jesus Christ and, and being with him in eternity and worshiping him together. But then what does all of this look like? And you know, scripture tells us don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, but invest in treasures in heaven. And we know that biblically that there are rewards. But we don't work for the rewards, but we know that they are. But the, the key and the bottom line is be faithful. God sees. God knows that we're to be diligent and found faithful, and God will reward us according to our work. And so it's about being diligent, and it's about being faithful. All of us are one in purpose and importance. And what if we function this way? What if we function this way? in our church recognizing, hey, people have different gifts, different spiritual gifts, and that we all served faithfully for the advancement of the gospel, and that we all humbly come alongside each other and encourage each other to use our gifts for the glory of God. What if we function this way as a church, that, that we saw other churches and we prayed for them, and that we weren't territorial or we weren't in competition with other churches, but rather that we were praying diligently that God would use them for the advancement of the gospel. You know, Justin a few weeks ago uh, said a question, and he'd shared it with me before in one of our meetings, um, that really impacted him. When somebody s- sat him down and said, hey, Justin, I have a question for you. You know, you're, you're a church planter, you're, you're, you're working hard, you know, God's using you, but what if, what if God started a revival in your city and he chose somebody else's church to do it? He didn't choose your church. What if God started a revival in, in San Antonio and he chose another church to do it? You can, I mean, you can have the, the Sunday school cool answer and be like, that's totally okay. But that, that really makes you think because really, we are any church that is faithfully proclaiming Jesus and teaching the gospel and making disciples, we are one in purpose and importance and we're on the same team and we need to think like that. We need to pray for them. We need to encourage them and connect with them. And not be in this trying to build our own kingdom, but about about saying, hey, look, we are all the church of Jesus, and we're not going to care when we get to heaven. Hey, did you go to Stone Oak Bible, or did you go to Northeast Bible? Or did you go to, you know, the church across the street, or did you go? It's about Jesus. We're one in purpose and importance. You know, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the growth. I planted Apollos watered, God gave the growth. The results are entirely up to God. Individuals aren't able to produce spiritual fruit. They're not able to produce salvation. It's entirely the Lord's work. We work as hard as we can. We're faithful, and we know that just as I cannot force this plant to grow, just I can't make that plant grow. It's it's the miracle of life or the creation process that God put in place. I can put it in the right environment, but I can't force that plant to grow just as spiritually. I can share the gospel, I can pray for somebody, but only God can cause growth. No matter what our role is, only God can bring growth. And you know, this is this is kind of the moment for me in the sermon that's difficult, um, because I knew I was going to be preaching on March 12th. I've, I, I saw on the preaching calendar that I would be here, and this is our last sermon together, and or my, my last sermon with, with you all. And uh, I didn't I knew, you know, where we would be in the book, but I really didn't read the text uh, yet until the beginning of this week. We had a preview service last week and it had been busy, so I just, I read through the text and I thought, okay, this is a, it's a good one. And sometimes, you know, as a pastor, you, you come to church and, you know, especially as a teaching pastor, you, you'll read a text and say, man, the people really need to hear this. Like, this is really gonna resonate with our people, not in a way that you wanna, you know, but hey, this is really relevant to our people. And I absolutely think that this text is relevant for all of us. But then there are other texts that you read and you say, ouch. I think this text is for me. Because we had a preview service last week and I'm just being totally vulnerable. And for those of you who who know me well, you know that that's not a shocker. We're just Ariel and I are pretty much just like, hey, this is who we are. Um, but but we had a preview service last week and, and we were working hard and we were telling people and going to workout classes at the Y, I've never been in better shape in my life, you know, going to these classes and working out and inviting people to come and, and telling people and inviting our, telling our launch team, you know, invite people and we're working hard and getting all these details and there's a ton of details and I'm not a detailed person and it's like, oh my goodness, stress overload and we go set up and a lot of stuff going on. And then I get a text message from a few families. Um, one of them had a death in their family and they were all gone and, and, and left and, and weren't gonna be around. And obviously, you know, that's super sad. And, and um, we're praying for them, but they said, hey, we're not gonna be there. And you know, we were supposed to serve, we can't, sorry. And then I got another text, though, we've got the flu and another person couldn't come. And I'm like, oh my goodness. The, and these people all had legitimate, you know, things that came up. But I started to think, you know, what if, what if people don't show up? What if people don't come? And, you know, just total transparency, Bob Roley, our superintendent, was going to be there. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to get hammered. Like, what if nobody comes, you know? And, and I, so I tell Ariel, I'm like, why, what is going on? These people aren't coming. One of these families is going to be gone. There's nine people. That's nine bodies. Oh, my goodness. And, and she's like, Michael, what? She, she lit me up. I mean, I'll just be honest. She's like, what is your problem? She said, hey, let me ask you a question. Have you prayed about this? Have you, have you really been bathing this in prayer?" Well, yeah. Do you know that it's not about you? Well, yeah. Well, are you trusting in God? Well, uh... This is not about you, man. This is about God, and the results are entirely up to him. And if you're faithful, and you're prayerful, and you're dependent upon him, then what are you worrying about? And I was like, okay, why don't you just preach tomorrow, Ariel? Like, you come up here and preach. Because, totally put me in my place. Because, listen, talk is cheap. And I can say, hey, I don't care about numbers. Oh, the results are entirely up to God. But then I, you know, I I put my head on that pillow and I, I had to repent. I do care about numbers. I do. And sometimes I think all of us do. And all of us think, you know, well, we can do, we think that we can do something. And I'll tell you right now, I believe with all of my heart that Mission Community Church is not about my craft. I believe that. I know that. I really know that. That it is not about me. And I know that Justin wrestles with this too. The Stone Oak Bible Church is not about Justin Evans, not about Craig Curtis. It's not about any personality. It's about God. And only he can give the growth. And we know that. But sometimes there's things that creep in where we try to play the role of God, when we need to just stop worrying about what we can't control and just be faithful and prayerful and dependent. The results of growth are entirely up to God, so we need to be faithful and prayerful and dependent. The Corinthian church, they lost sight of this, and instead of depending on God and relying on him and trusting in him for growth, they had centered it around personalities. And if if this is true, and the results, we really believe that any sort of spiritual maturity comes only as a result of God giving the growth. And we don't need to waste our energy worrying about things that we can't control. You know, I remember a story from when I was a little boy. My, my dad was pastor of a pastor of a church. And there was a lady in the church. Her name was Louise. And she'd been married for a long time. And just a faithful, faithful woman, an important uh, member of, of our church, um, and Louise came to, to faith in Jesus after she had gotten married and been for her husband for, or with her husband for many, many years. Um, but she shared the gospel with her husband, and he wanted no part of it. It was like, I, you know, I, I don't talk to me about this. And so she tried a couple of times and finally was like, you know what, I'm just going to pray for him. And so she started asking other people to pray for him. And I remember I was four years old, and, and I, I remember her asking me to pray for her husband, Rusty that he would trust in Jesus. And so every night as a four-year-old, and I, I mean, my mom said it was almost every, for, for several years before I would go to bed, I would pray that Rusty would trust in Jesus. Every night. And and because Louise asked me to, and I did, it was just part of my routine. Well, when I was in college, my family got a phone call from Louise saying, I just, and we, we had moved on. We hadn't been to that church for 15 years. And she said, um, I just wanted to thank you guys because whew, last night, Rusty gave his life to Jesus. For, and this had been happening for years and years and years. And finally, this woman got it and said, you know what? We can't give the growth. We can't provide the growth. And so we're just going to pray. And we're going to be faithful. And we're going to be dependent upon God to give growth. And and she did, and he trusted in Jesus, and that's not everybody's story. I'm not saying that hey, you pray and it's gonna happen, but we just trust in God that He's going to provide the growth. And so you know, the implication is: are, Are we faithful? Are we continuing in our roles to work hard and to be diligent? And are we prayerful? You know, if we because ultimately, how do we know we're trusting in God for growth? Are we praying? Are we really, truly praying, and are we really praying for our church? Are we praying for our leaders? Are we praying for the church in our city? Are we praying for the church in our country and the church in the world? Are we truly prayerful and dependent upon God saying, God, we can't cause the growth. It's only you. It's only you that can give the growth. And I want to encourage you, you know, how much time are we spending praying for Not only Stone Oak Bible Church, but for the local churches and for our community, for our neighbors, for our friends, for our coworkers. Are we prayerful? Are we dependent? And are we trusting in God and letting him take care of the rest? Paul then shifts and concludes by saying, we are God's fellow workers. That he and Apollos, and we'll throw Peter in there too, and other ministers, are fellow servants of God working for his glory. He says, you are God's field, God's building that God has deployed workers in the field to be used for his glory. The the, the office of ministry, or ministry is not just um, for the office of pastor. Nowhere in scripture is it about just the pastor being ministers. I mean, in in Ephesians, it talks about equipping the saints for the work of ministry, to to be ministers, that we are God's fellow workers, that we work together for the kingdom of God. God has invited us to participate in ministry and to be a part of something so much bigger than ourselves, that God has invited us to partner with him on his mission. Jesus, in calling his first disciples, said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to make you become disciple makers. If you follow me, I'm going to make you uh, or help you equip and train you to help other people come to faith in Jesus. That God has invited us and Jesus has invited us to be a part of something so much greater than ourselves. You know, this truly is amazing when you think about it. I mean, because for, for several reasons. Number one, God could have done whatever he wanted, but for some reason he invites us into this. And he chooses to use us as instruments. I mean, it, pretty is ama- it is amazing that he's given us this invitation because if Jesus Christ really is God, then isn't the greatest privilege in life not only knowing him, but then helping others get closer to him. And we all have a different, there may be people, you know, if, if this Bible over here represents Jesus, there may be people who are way over here that we can help get here. Maybe somebody else can get them here. Or there may be people that are here that we can encourage to be closer to Christ. But God has invited us uh, to be a part of making disciples. And Jesus gives us this invitation. You know, God gives us this amazing opportunity to be a part of something so much greater than ourselves. And we can't work without him. We can't produce results without him. But all we can do is, is be found faithful And depend on God and be prayerful, trusting in him. And he wants us to participate with him. And Jesus gives a great commission. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always until the end of the age. That's for all of us. And so the implication for you and I and for all of us today is to accept the invitation to jump in on this mission and to recognize the role that God allows us to play and to say, listen, Lord, it's not about me. I'm just simply an instrument that's used by you to, for, to accomplish your purposes and it's never about the instrument." And God, we are going to trust in you and, and be faithful and prayerful and diligent because the results are entirely up to you and you choose to use us to have different roles in this process. And God, we wanna jump in on this mission. You know, we're gonna be faithful and prayerful and dependent. And you know, I was, I was thinking about the way to conclude because honestly, I've loved my time here at Stone Oak Bible. This has been wonderful. And I, I'm really thankful for this text because it really is helpful for me. I think it's a helpful reminder for Stone Oak Bible that, that we simply are an instrument that's used by God and the leaders are instruments of God and that it's never about a personality. Um, but I was thinking about how do I end this? And I really wanted to invite Justin and Craig and the elders up to pray over them. But you know, then I, and to pray over the church. But then I, I struggled with that because it was like this, this text just tells us it's not about the leaders, And so what I wanna do is I wanna have you all stand and I just wanna pray that God would use Stone Oak Bible Church in mighty ways as an instrument of God, that that God would um, allow us all to have a faithful and prayerful and diligent approach to serving him and that we would be used by him in mighty ways to accomplish his purposes. So would you just pray with me? Heavenly Father, I come before you thankful for who you are and what you've done for us through Jesus. And Lord, as we sang earlier, it is all about Jesus. I thank you for the reminder of your word today that it's not about Paul, it's not about Apollos, it's not about Mike, it's not about Justin or Craig or anybody else. Lord, that it is about Jesus. And Lord, I thank you so much for Stone Oak Bible Church. And God, I I just pray over this church, over this group of people, God, that you would use them in mighty ways as an instrument of you. That God, you would use their leaders to to be faithful ambassadors of the gospel, to faithfully proclaim and teach your word. Lord, I thank you for this church's commitment to to teach and preach the word of God faithfully and to equip people by the study of, of God's word and to drive people to the word of God. And Lord, I pray that that would continue and that you'd use them in mighty ways in this community for your glory. God, I pray you'd use other churches in mighty ways in this community for your glory. That you'd use us in this city for your glory. God, I I thank you. And Lord, I also confess and we confess today, sometimes we try to, to take something and make it the main thing when the main thing really is Jesus. And Lord, would you forgive us We confess when we have elevated people or personalities or we've even elevated ourselves or when we thought that we could give growth and and play the role of God. And God, I pray that we would repent, that we would turn from that, and that we would truly and completely trust in you. Lord, again, I thank you for this time. I pray that you would be pleased as we worship, that we would have not only um, sing these songs uh, with our, our lips and with our mouths, but God, that we would sing these songs with our hearts and that our hearts... We have a posture of worship to you for your glory and for the glory of your son and for the advancement of his kingdom and it's in his name we pray, amen.